The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez. And this is Rev. Jackie. Welcome to Voices of Unity on this day before the 2021 Inauguration Day. We have a timeless topic for you mysticism and metaphysics and i'm welcoming to the show today my former seminary instructor and uh instructor to many reverend to many the reverend dr james gaither welcome to voices of unity hi thank you jackie i appreciate the uh, opportunity to have a conversation with you and uh your listeners so absolutely Awesome. The phone lines are open. So if you get into this conversation and you want to give us a call and have a conversation, join in with us. That is, uh, you are free to do that. So, so give us a call if you want to chat. We are going to be focusing on the revised edition of The Essential Charles Fillmore, A Guide to Practical Mysticism and Metaphysics. This book has been newly edited and compiled uh, by by Jim, of course. And, um, you know, Charles Fillmore had astonishing, even some might say radical ideas about God, the divine power of human beings, and the spiritual principles that govern the universe. And so this book, in this book, we really uh, are able to dive into the foundational teachings of unity with commentary by by Jim. So we, we get to have his voice guiding us along the way, which is helpful for me. So <laughs> I'm sure it would be helpful for for each of you. And, you know, I was able to pick it up, Jim. I got my copy last week and I immediately put it to use in my Sunday talk. You know, so it really is like one of those books you can just keep. I'm already have started marking it up and I think I will be referencing it, um, you know, for many years to come. So for those of you who don't know Jim, Jim was ordained as a unity minister in 1979. He has a master in philosophy and a doctorate in theology. Uh, of course, he has taught in unity ministerial and spiritual education for 25 years. So he knows a thing or two about making ministers. And um, and Jim, you have been in church ministry for over 12 years total. And I think of note is that you are a successor to Eric Butterworth in New York City. So were you at the church yes. with Eric? Uh, no, I was not. Eric had uh, had passed on, which is why they uh, wanted a replacement. I, I did work with um, his widow, Olga. Okay. While I was there for... Wonderful. What, um, what an extraordinary legacy Obviously. to... People who did know her, yeah. But uh, I, awesome. I had heard him speak, but I never actually had a conversation with him or anything. So, mm -hmm. which I had. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you know, being sort of able to work with that legacy must have been pretty thrilling. Yeah. Yes, and you know, it was challenging because mm -hmm. he had been there for I don't know how many years, forty years or something like that. <laughs> so. Very much used to, uh, again, not really 
anybody else. So you had that. And of course, um, you know, we had to, uh, I, I, I went in thinking of it as, um, kind of more as an opportunity to be a transitional minister, even though I wasn't hired to be a transitional minister, because I just knew people were going to need to make an adjustment to new leadership and, um, maybe up, update some ways of, of doing things. So sure. I won't go into all that, but it was, sure. yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I, I met a lot of great people and, uh, it's a great group. Um, so, um, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and Jim, you served as president of Hollows University um, Graduate Seminary and uh, director of academic and student affairs for UWSI. Wow. <laughs> this is an amazing bio that you have. And you've been a regular contributor. So many of the listeners have probably read your, your writing in Unity Magazine because you've been writing for them for 35 years. So let's talk about the book, A Guide to Practical okay. Mysticism and Metaphysics. This is a revision. So set up set up the process of, um, did you instigate the revision? Was it requested of you? Take us through that. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the, the, the first version was like, what, 1999, I think, uh, something like that. And... Um, that's kind of an interesting story in itself. I went to the folks at uh, what was then called Unity House, I'm called Unity Books, but Unity House, um, with an idea that I did not intend to implement. It was kind of more of a suggestion. Uh, I said it'd be good to have um, a book that collects Charles Fillmore's um, most accessible writings and cover sort of the ground of his I guess you could say his system, his, his beliefs. Mm -hmm. And they thought it was a good idea and they thought I should do it. So that's how I, that's how I ended <laughs> up. And it kind of, the project kind of expanded. Actually, I was just picking out the articles and they said, well, why don't you write a commentary for it? And then later it was like, why don't you write it? You know, why don't you create an index? And it uh -huh. just kind of went on. There. So anyway, um, so that was around for a number of years. And, uh, what happened of course is they, um, it went out of print after they pretty much sold, but people were still asking me about the book. Um, a few years ago, someone contacted me from the uh, Johnny Coleman um, Institute. They're some been using that book for years in their theology classes, and they were wondering about getting copies of it. And of course, the copies are starting to run out. So, and other people had mentioned things. So I thought, well, I need to do a revision on this. And as long as I'm doing it, if I can, that was really the idea. Um, I, I, I changed, uh, some of the, some of the commentaries. I revised the, the, the commentaries, the introduction, but I also wanted to go through the actual articles that I had selected and edit them down a little bit. Um, Charles, or like over like 1889 to 1948 or something like that. He's, he was writing regularly. And so he wrote a lot of things, gave a lot of talks, uh, wrote mm -hmm. a lot of books. So, um, you know, and, and consequently, you know, if you choose articles from over a period of time, like from the late 19th century to the mid 20th century, um, there's going to be a petition of ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and and Charles, his style, he was influenced by the, the transcendentalists who believed one should intuitively so 
when you read his chapters, he will he will go off on little digressions that that uh, you know are only loosely relevant the main points. So I right. wanted to make those chapters even more accessible by by editing out some of the things that that didn't really seem to be necessary to to make the point. I tried not to meddle with it uh, too much, but in, in order to make it flow a little bit for the reader, so they're not the same stories over and over again, same ideas over again, but to still provide, you know, the context for the sayings. A lot of we, you know, will hear uh, a quotation or somebody will use a quotation from, you know, Charles Fillmore, Emerson, anybody. And of course, it's pulled out of context. And sometimes that context is very valuable to fully understand what is saying there. So to provide full context for his his ideas, especially for, I guess I primarily had in mind serious unity students and future sure. unity ministers and that sort of thing. So they'd have a fuller understanding of what his perspective was, agree or disagree with it, know sort of what he believed and sort of why he believed it. And then the other piece of it, especially in the commentaries, is just to provide an historical context. So for most of the chapters in the commentary, uh, the, in the commentary, I have provided connections of Fillmore's thought to um, mystical traditions, world religions, traditions, uh, uh, philosophical traditions, and even to some extent, uh, just sort of religious uh, context. For example, in the introduction, all the different new religious movements that were emerging in America and how Fillmore's ideas connected with those new the, the Pentecostal and uh, some of the others. So really trying to show, show the connections. Um, you know, the movement's called unity, and we, we're, we're, those of us who study it are very aware that there is a, a piece of, or maybe the spirit of this movement is to see the common spiritual ground, to see, and not only with religion and theology and philosophy, but even with science. And that was one of the things that was kind of, I think, unusual about Charles Fillmore in the metaphysical movement was he made frequent reference to um, physics and, and, you know, occasionally chemistry and biology and those sorts of things. He really tried to connect them. That's really important in a metaphysical system that it, re, that it be compatible with and provide a framework for understanding what science does and what and science is in physical world. If it's completely disconnected from science, then you really you really don't have a coherent perspective on on the universe. So that's some thoughts on, you know, why why I did what I did with this book. Yeah, well, and it's beautiful and it, it makes a lot of sense for me. I can give you that feedback as a reader um, to be able to consume it that way. And certainly appreciate, um, you know, pulling out the repetition of the story so that you can really stay with um, the through line of what he's working with. Um, it just makes it, you know, more easily consumable. And I love that you pull in, you know, the other sort of modalities of, of thought and philosophy. Um, so the Guide to Practical Mysticism, was that mysticism included in the first edition? Because I don't remember that. I think I have a copy of it. 
I'm sorry. I had a little, I'm sorry, internet uh, issue. Oh. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Do you hear me? Okay. Yes. Uh, for some reason, I got a little a glitch in my, my oh. internet, so I didn't hear that last question. Sorry. Um, oh, that's okay. Um, I was wondering if um, the, the guide to practical mysticism, if that was in the title or the subtitle of the, um, of the first edition. Oh, the first edition was um, Writings of a Missouri Mystic was the subtitle. That's right. Okay. I thought that yeah. was different, and I couldn't – I've got some of my books packed up to move to the to my new office, and I haven't moved them yet because, you know, pandemic and working from home, but they stay in the box, so it's in there, but I thought that that was different. I was like, I do not do not remember that, and I would have noticed that. So talk to me about the choice to include practical mysticism and metaphysics. Well – um, there's a couple of things. One is, um, you know, the original subtitle, I kind of liked the idea of Missouri mystic. I felt like it sort of homey, homey touch, Midwestern yeah. touch to it. But in a way, that's kind of irrelevant. And what's more relevant is that, that Charles Fillmore was both a mystic and a, a metaphysician, a very insightful metaphysician. That's one of the things that uh, um, I th not everyone appreciate about on things because on the one hand we the one hand you have the mysticism which is uh you know fundamentally the idea that we are all one with god but we're not conscious of that and the what the mystic to do in addition to bringing that message is to have an experience of spirit at some of their of their being and so a lot Fillmore's writings were about was we're, we're making that how do you make that connection through prayer just as the prayer and meditation as the mystics of the past had done but he's also very much interested in how how things and unity is a practice that it it, it uh, teaches principles and methods um, for uh, to apply um, of the of the of the universe as mind to apply that in your life and so there there have been there's a long history of what what are called idealist metaphysics who uh in one way or another you for perspective on the universe that that are ideas that the the, the universe is um made up of matter is uh, is a false inference and so you have idealist philosophers going all the way back to Right, you have that thought, and that's what unity is. What's the fundamental nature of the universe? Metaphysics kind of asks, what's the nature of being? What's the nature of reality? And there, and as I said, there have been idealist metaphysics going back to Plato. What's different about New Thought is they've taken that idealism, that idea that the universe is fundamentally mind and ideas, and seen in that possibilities for us as human beings to use our minds to make sort of directly changes in our, in our bodies and in our lives through the, what we call the law of action. So that's the practical metaphysics part. And of course, Charles Fillmore, every chapter, every chapter includes like affirmations or statements or ideas about prayer and meditation that are useful and um what i found over the years is that i have a uh, i disagreed with uh, or 
understand or, or didn't quite ex a lot of the thing I read in Charles Fillmore when I started reading him mm -hmm. 40 plus years. And I found over the years that every time I read him, I find more and more things that I agree with, not because Fillmore has changed, but because I know the kinds of things that he's talking about from experience or from sort of my own thought processes and studies. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, of course, I come to this, Jackie, with, um, as you mentioned earlier, my uh, my background is a, in uh, in philosophy. I uh, I is uh, all the way through the doctorate level in philosophy, and so when I look at Charles Fillmore in that context, I see um, the the the, uh, the 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 Western I want to say at least the Western tradition of philosophy and metaphysics in coming through his writings, and so. Um, that's kind of the metaphysics part and the practical part is just how you apply those principles. Not everyone who's in unity is interested in the idea of mysticism or having having that kind of experience. A lot, at least initially, are just trying to change their lives and using the teachings to change their lives. So it's a it's a both and and it's compatible. Yeah, well, I think that creates such such depth to it because um for many people part of you know what happens the result of of practical application of these ideas um is the experience of mysticism right the experience of god is it it becomes personal and um i just experiential is the word that that really keeps coming to mind that i mean that is mysticism and so i love that that um space is created for it and and so it also it creates an invitation from the get-go that if if you are a more thinking person you're you're gonna maybe tune into that metaphysics word and if you're a more feeling person you might tune into that mysticism so it just creates that opening from the get-go um and and then you step into trying on the teachings so to speak really good i, I like the way you uh, express that yeah because it is you know, there's there's a thinking component and a and a feeling component. Um, both of those are, you know, um, when we say that those are the poles of uh, the the experience of mind, thinking and feeling, the mm -hmm. sort of the fundamental ones. And there are people who are more. In, in fact, it's probably safe to say that over half, maybe even most people, are really more feeling oriented when it comes to um, the, the ideas of spirituality and religion. And uh, Charles definitely has that. Component, uh, we need we need a spiritual teaching too. Uh, we can't all um, relate the universe basis of our we, what things, but you know it, you know technically it's our our, our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and to some extent our our senses. We all have that, but some of us are more oriented in one way than another. So um, this provides a balance of that. I think unity provides yes. a balance of that. Not in Charles writings but uh, in Myrtle's writings as well and uh, and 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 most of the other writings I think really you see in unity you, you see people have that sort of balance some are a little more feeling oriented and some are a little more thinking oriented mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a, a really cool thing about our movement is that there's there's room for both in a way that is taken very seriously and um, and there's also that open invitation to create balance between where the mind meets the heart. And, um, you know, I love that 
sort of idea of creating one word out of heart mind. And um, sometimes when I'm you know, speaking heart, in front of people, yeah. I, I'll say heart mind. And when I say heart, I actually will gesture toward my, my head. And when I say mind, I gesture toward my heart. And I do that on uh. purpose to further emphasize that the, the um, integration, you know, the interrelation between the two and, you know, in science even is showing that it is the power of the two. When, when our thoughts and our feelings are aligned, that's when we really step into um, that power of, of creativity and, and alignment with our universal flow or whatever words we want to put to it. You know? All right. We are talking with the Reverend Dr. James Gaither about the new revised edition, The Essential Fillmore, Essential Charles Fillmore, A Guide to Practical Mysticism and Metaphysics. This book is published by Unity Books, so it is available on the Unity website at unity.org. And, um, you know, I love this quote that they've been using in promoting the book. We must think life, talk life, and see ourselves filled with the fullness of life. That is a Charles Fillmore quote. We must think life, talk life, and see ourselves filled with the fullness of life.
Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. All right, this is Jackie, and we are back from break, having recovered from our little technical glitches that we had for the first part of the show and uh, we got a song on there from Kelly Hunt so look up Kelly Hunt music and hear more like one heart at a time and we're back with Reverend Dr. James Gaither. Jim has um, revised his Essential Charles Fillmore the textbook for unity and for all things Fillmore and well maybe not all things that might be generous Jim that's all right. But, I appreciate generosity. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But all good things. I'll say that. I can say that. All good things, Charles Fillmore. And the revision uh, tagline is A Guide to Practical Mysticism and Metaphysics. And before the break, we were talking about um, how that, I, how I appreciate having both of those, the mysticism and metaphysics on in the tagline, because it really, um, I think, keys in and tunes into both the feeling nature and the thinking nature. And, and I was saying how I like um, to indicate when I say heart mind and I kind of hyphenate that word. So really I'm thinking of it as one word. And, and when I gesture to my head I'll, is when I'll say heart. And when I gesture to my heart is when I say mind, heart, mind, um, to really, you know, tap into, um, what it means to have congruence between the two. And, um, and Jim, and you had some really cool things to say about that. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I really like the, uh, I, I like the idea of what you're talking about, uh, the heart, the heart mind connection. Uh, I think it is related to um, you know people to spirituality and how some people are oriented more towards one, uh, for towards their feeling, uh, and others are more oriented towards uh, I want to say intellect. Uh, but part of the metaphysics and mysticism of unity, especially as expressed by uh, Charles Fillmore, uh, is the idea that there is intelligence in every part of us, every part of the body. Right, so um, we tend to think of intelligence as just in the brain. That's sort of a common cultural idea. Now, more and more people are understanding that there's also a heart intelligence. Uh, but if you think about our, uh, a basic principle in unity, is there there uh, stated in the form of what we call a denial? There is no absence of life, intelligence, or substance anywhere in the universe. There is no absence of it. So God is omnipresent, intelligence, mind, love. In a sense, all of those qualities are run are, are in effect uh, present throughout the body, and um, but we tend to associate certain kinds of intelligences with uh, intelligences with different parts of the body because of the because of their functions. So, unity has this twelve powers teachings, and if you're not familiar with that, you might know about. Um, the, the Hindu yogic teaching of chakras, it's very similar to that. It's the idea that there are certain uh, spiritual qualities or qualities of mind that are focused in energy centers, if you will, um, that correspond to the body. And I use that word correspond because technically it's not, for example, 
that literally your heart muscle is um, uh, is a is a love center per se, but it's more that the, that at a deeper level of intelligence, love tends to um, uh, emanate from that center near your body. So love love is in the heart, actually in in the uh, in the head, if you will. There's different kinds of intelligences because there's, in, in unity teaching anyway, there's understanding and will, um, imagination, even faith. Although some people might tend to think of faith more as a, as a heart uh, center. But in any case, there's different kinds of intelligences connected to the brain. There's the, the intelligence of the throat power uh, or mastery because the, we, the words we speak are our mastery in our world, what we say determines uh, to a great extent what we experience, right? Uh, love at the, at the heart. The solar plexus, or the gut, as it's sometimes called, is the center mm-hmm. of wisdom. And, and we hear that in common language. When people talk about having a gut feeling, they're, mm-hmm. they're talking about this sort of level of intuition that seems to function in that solar plexus area. And if you know something more about the history of how Unity got started, you know that um, Myrtle, Myrtle Fillmore, in her healing process, talked to what she called the life centers in her body. There's an assumption there that your body knows what you're saying to it and responds to it. So she thanked them and blessed them and affirmed uh, their perfect functioning. And so there's that level at which you can talk to just any organ, muscle, bone, cell, whatever, in the body. And if there's and because there's intelligence there, it will respond to what you're saying to it. It may take some persistence to break apart the old conditioning, but uh, eventually the body responds to our to our thoughts, to what we say to it, either audibly or silently. Right, so you've got that level, and then at, at another level, you've got these these. Uh, power centers or associations of, uh, I want to say, different kinds of mind energy uh, that, that, that function near or through the different organs and are related to, specifically to spiritual qualities. So you've got the, the level of the centers in the body that, uh, that are related to spiritual qualities like love and, and wisdom and faith. Right, and in, in addition to that, you have um, you, the intelligence of the body that responds when you simply talk to um, your muscles. People actually kind of do this all, all the time without thinking about it. When they talk to themselves, come on, get up, get going. So those kinds of things, yeah. people use those sort of affirmations. Yes. Come on, concentrate. They, they're telling the different. They're, they're talking to the intelligence in their in their bodies when they're doing physical activities. So in, in a way, people do that naturally and all we're talking about in unity is doing that in a disciplined uh, in a disciplined way so that you are every day affirming positivity into the body and into those um and 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 affirming and building up those spiritual qualities so that's a level that's where the mysticism meets the metaphysics right the metaphysics is yes. intelligence everywhere the mysticism is okay now use that intelligence to develop spiritually and to realize more fully your oneness with God, with the universe, with humanity. And I think those, yes. le- those ideas are important too, right? It's a Very. spiritual ecology. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I mentioned that I used, um, I referenced this book in my Sunday talk. I was talking about 
spirit, the title of the talk was spiritual positivity um, versus toxic positivity, or I'm saying it backwards. It was positive spirituality versus toxic positivity. And um, uh, it's that, that term, you know, positive, and you just said it, it's the positive attributes, the life giving, life affirming attributes of the divine that are present within us and speaking power into those qualities um, is what we mean by, you know, a positive path for spiritual living. And, and when it's sort of truncated and shorthanded and just, you know, given over to, you know, quippy spiritual phrases like, you know, all, all is well, or it's all in divine order, that those can kind of be used to actually bypass or avoid um, the deep work that it takes to, to get into the process of, of really speaking power into these ideas. And the quote I used from the book is on page 82, which I'm sure you know right offhand, right, Jim? Yeah, sure. I got it memorized. <laughs> In the old the version, real, I don't know what it is. Yeah, right. The real of the universe is held in the mind of being as ideas of life, love, substance, intelligence, truth, and so forth. And these ideas may be combined in a multitude of ways, producing infinite variety in the realm of forms. And and what I used that for was to talk about, you know, the opposite of life is death, love, hate, substance, lack, intelligence, um, I, I categorize the opposite of that as non-being and, of course, the opposite of truth being illusion. And so when we talk about a positive path is that we aren't speaking power. It doesn't mean we don't experience death. We don't experience hate. You know, we, we do. The reality in our human life and in society is that we do experience that. We do have an experience of lack and um, an illusion and, and those kinds of things. But um, what it means to be a, in a positive path for spiritual living um, is that we're speaking power, not giving power to those ideas that we're, we're keeping our mind attuned to the divine reality and the divine power of life, love, substance, intelligence, and truth. Uh, yeah, I really like that the way of uh, talking about it as um, what are you giving power to, right? Mm, you, yeah. You, what you focus on, what you... Um, you know, take in and accept as your, I guess, as your reality, in effect, um, is what you give power to. And so we talk about in basic metaphysics, affirmations and denials. Denials is withdrawing, in its simplest way, is withdrawing your thought energy from negativity. Right. Uh, Right, And, and affirming truth is directing the power of your mind, intention, and energy to those higher spiritual qualities. And uh, I was, I gave, actually, I gave a talk uh, earlier this, this Sunday too, of a group in uh, Montreal. And I, as I was preparing, I was talking about part of it was about the power of release or the law of release. And I remembered uh, hearing not only my mother, but other mothers, uh, frankly, (laughs) say to their kids when they were little, don't pick at it. We won't get into right. what the it might have been. Yeah. Don't pick right. at it. Well, when people are like, for example, uh, people a lot of times want to lose weight, and what they pick at is, I'm, you know, they keep affirming to themselves, I'm fat, I'm overweight, I don't look good, blah, blah, blah. They keep, that's picking at it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's putting the energy of your attention on what you see as the problem rather than 
withdrawing that energy and refocusing it on positivity, such as you are a perfect idea in a perfect mind. It's a real simple sort of uh, metaphysical idea. So I think that a lot of times people don't realize, uh, you know, that uh, where you're putting the energy of your attention is 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 strengthening whatever that is. And so, you know, if it's, if it's a if it's an issue about yourself, I just you know, threw weight out as, as a common one that people pick at, right? Yeah. Don't pick at it. Stop picking at it, you know, <laughs> and move your attention to to the truth that you are a beautiful, perfect uh, child of God, that you are a spiritual being, and um, maybe even claim your authority to, um, you know, see your body that way. See your body as, as perfect right now. Hold that idea. Yes. So, yes. anyway. Amen. Um, Preach it. I love yeah. it. You know, I'm curious, um, just like if I can nerd out with you for a minute, um, what would you say is maybe the most important or, and it could be just to you on a personal level or it could be in the world, most important or critical idea or teaching of Charles Fillmore? Hmm. That is a really good question. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, I suppose from my personal perspective, there's two ideas that um, need to be kept in balance. Um, one is uh, the, the cultivation of love, and the other is the cultivation of wisdom, um, it, it, and which is certainly part of an important part of his teaching. Um, you know what's the, the 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 most important thing is the first principle. That's the thing that what we call in unity the first principle. That that's that's the 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 idea from which everything else is derived. Which is there's only one presence, one power uh, in the universe. Uh, God, the good, God, mind, God, yeah. spirit, the good. The whole statement of you know the omnipresence, omniscience, omnipotence of God, the good. That's sort of the central, crucial foundation of of everything else. So. Next to that, though, is the balance of the, the emphasis on love and the emphasis on wisdom. And the reason both are necessary becomes clear when you recognize that in your own life, when you love people, you really want to help them, but you don't always know how or what to do. So you have the motivation and the feeling, but you don't know what's the best path forward. And that's what wisdom is for. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think of wisdom as this it's the knowing of what you can do uh, to express more fully the idea of love or the, the reality of love, right? So we want to know, we want to express love, and we also want to know how to do that in the best possible way. And that's why I think sort of love and wisdom is are really sort of central and very important. And talking about body centers, they're right next to each other, right? Yes. It's, it's heart and solar plexus, right? They're yeah. right there. So I think that's a. I think that's a pretty. I think that's pretty central after the after yeah. the first principle. I think those two ideas are really important. Yeah, I love that. Well, in wisdom too, you know, you can flip it, and you know, you want wisdom to be informed by love. Yes. Yes. That's a. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Because you can you can know what to do but not care. Right. right. Yeah. Well, you have and the wisdom, understand you know, what you could do, but you don't have the, the you know, love motivation teachers, to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the you know it's the Pharisees, 
you know, against Jesus. It's, you know, sticking to the letter of the law, you know, because this is wisdom, because this is good, this is right. And this is God's instruction, but being able to interpret it through the lens of love, you know, it gives it a dimension. Oh, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it, Jackie. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love your answer to that question. Um, Because, yes, that foundational, that first principle, it does, it it shapes everything else um, that Fillmore teaches and, and that we teach in unity. And um, that balance of, of love and wisdom is, you know, right there in lockstep with uh, our master teacher, Jesus. So good answer. You passed you pass the quiz. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad. I, yeah, it's, that, that's a really good question. And uh, I, if, you, if you were to ask me two days from now, I might come up with a different answer. You know, right. no, I don't yeah. think I would. Yeah. But, well, it's, but it's, yeah, a really, it's a living it's a question. Good question. Yeah, yes. and it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to you know to be able to travel back in time after you you wrote the first edition, and and to explore what what your thoughts were. You know, and as you talked about early on in the show, that um, you've evolved just in your own understanding of Fillmore teachings. You know that you've are finding more and more that you agree with, and you know that's the beauty of uh, of his work, his body of work, is that it is um, dynamic and it, and it can live with us and grow with us. And, and, you know, he was a strong proponent of, but what do you think, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, it's like an open invitation when you're working with Fillmore to, to be, you know, to really grapple with it, to really, uh, disagree when you disagree and, and continue to work your way through that. Um, this is one of the things I've most appreciated about Charles Fillmore over the years is he comes across as a truly um, sincere truth seeker, so yes. I had a I had a, like a little quotation uh, from Charles that I wanted to share that sort of indicates this is like written in you know almost like 1939. So after he'd been at this for 40 years or so, he he says he writes in a chapter called God Presence: Who made you? Who made me? Who made the earth, the moon, the sun? God. Then who made God? And then he goes on. <laughs> so it's sort of that, that inquiring mind. And uh, yes. he, uh, he goes on in that same chapter to talk about, as he's describing God with words in our human way, we are but stating in the lisping syllables of the child that which in its maturity the mind still only faintly grasps. Language is a limitation of mind, therefore do not expect the unlimited to leap forth into full expression expression through the limited. So even though he had been teaching all these years, my point is he still recognized and struggled with the limitations of language. And we try to express, we cannot, it, it, it's a, to put it this way, not the way he put it, but the way I would put it, we as human beings can understand the concept of infinity, you know, as an endless mm-hmm. series of uh, numbers, for example. We can understand it mm-hmm. as a concept, but we can't fully comprehend it. We can't, it, you know, it is inherently incomprehensible precisely mm-hmm. because there is no limit. Precisely because there is no limit, we cannot put it right. into language. And he's fully aware of that even as he's teaching truth all these years. It's mm-hmm. also very much aligned with mysticism in general, a, a true mystic mm-hmm. will recognize they can't really fully express to you what it is that they uh, have experienced. They can't describe it to themselves even. So, Right. Yeah, um, there's that idea that um, as soon as you begin to speak of God, you've already moved away from God. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that concept. Yeah. Well, hey, Jim, we have a caller on the line. Let's, well, let's let me go ahead and bring our caller on. Hey. Hey. Welcome hey, to the show. Hey there, I'm Valerie, and I just wanted to say I've really enjoyed this show. I'm so glad to hear everything that was being said here in the second part. Um, and I um, and I just wanted to say I really have resonated what drew me to unity was uh, the teachings of Charles. I, I, he, like you said, he seemed as a, like a really authentic truth seeker. Um, and I, I'm curious to know kind of your feeling on, you've uh, kind of watched some of the evolution of unity to now, where do you see unity kind of evolving to as we, as we mature even more as a movement and, um, its place in um, the future, <laughs> I guess. Ah, that's a really good question. Yeah, uh, it is, and I don't have any prescient powers to tell you the, to give an answer to that. My my feeling is that um, um, unity will uh, become more and more popular, and that the its popularity will involve a kind of more shallow uh, teaching, if you will, um, then, but, but it will still have at its roots this tradition of, of depth for people to, for people to explore. I think mm-hmm. people, I think are people more and more, I think the younger generation, this may be especially true of them, the younger generations coming up is uh, they have they have openness. They have curiosity. Uh, they have access to a lot of knowledge. And mm-hmm. as they as they feel the spiritual calling that most of us experience at some point in our life. Sometimes we're much older. Sometimes we experience it at a young age. But that wanting to know and connect and find meaning as uh, as they do that, I think. The, the the spirit of inclusiveness that's in unity the the exploration of you know both eastern and western spirituality and philosophies um mm-hmm. the the practical dimension of it the the emphasis on inclusivity and um yeah. and on the the teachings of forgiveness and non-judgment i think that's going to have a broader and broader appeal i don't know how many generations it will take for this to spread um you know in a, in a way that it, it's that it's much more well known than it is to growing and evolving and uh, i think it's, that's going to continue i just don't have any idea of what the rate or necessarily even the direction it will go right great very Thank interesting you, you know yeah and val you might be interested to know and jim you too i don't know if you've seen it but you know, there's a, a unity ministers discussion group on Facebook where we, you know, unity ministers can get together and, and just talk about things. And there was a poll put up um, this morning um, asking if, um, is it time? This is the question. Is it time for unity to celebrate slash embrace its Christian roots or time to start distancing itself from Christianity? And mm-hmm. so there are options, celebrate and embrace its Christian roots or distance itself, or it's up to each ministry slash minister. And so I think that's just right, you know, in alignment that, that, you know, we are self-reflective as a movement and we are in the question of, of where, where do we go and what is, 
you know, Fillmore wasn't intending to start a church. It was a movement, a set of teachings um, that were, you know, beyond what the, what the church experience was. And, and yet we have um, established churches and, and that kind of thing. And so I think it's, um, it's a really interesting question to contemplate. Yeah, it's, that's a question that's been sort of, you know, floating around the whole time I've been in ministry, at least, that people have said. So I think part of it's the struggle with, if you identify as Christian, then you recognize you're identifying with a lot of things that you don't agree right. with and don't like yeah. inter- institutionally in Christianity and what Christianity right. has done institutionally. But on the other hand, you know, there's things like the, the civil rights movement and the, 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 the Christians who were you know, like Martin Luther King. We celebrated the, uh, uh, we celebrate this month really, we celebrate frequently. Um, you know, as Christian, he, he, he rooted his, Mm-hmm. what he was doing in his Christian beliefs. So there's, you know, there's Christian mystics. So there's, there's a yes. lot of, you know, Christianity, like every religion is kind of a mixed bag and you just have to decide, okay, uh, to me, really the, 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 the central thing is, I think that, you know, the teachings of Jesus, uh, are so powerful and yeah. so true and so appealing that I'm always going to have that sort of at the heart of mm-hmm. my spirituality. And I suspect that's true of a lot of unity people, even if they resist a bit the label of Christian because of some of the things Christianity has been associated with. So it's a really interesting question. And it's like I said, I guess the main point is it's floated around for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and it's, and it, it too is a living question, like, you know, be a dynamic right. and it changes with the times and, you know, with sort of even the politics and, of what is out picturing as that as that label um so yeah awesome well we're about done with our show thanks for calling in val and thank, thank you Jim, for yes, for taking you, the time to to come on and um i think you're going to be talking with um reverend uh, paul john roach is that next week yes that is next week yeah next week yeah on um and his show yeah, is uh, world religions um, right here on Unity Online Radio. And so um, you can hear more in a, another conversation about this amazing book, The Essential Charles Fillmore, A Guide to Practical Mysticism and Metaphysics. Is there any parting thought or line or quote that you want to share with us, Jim? Well, I really just want to uh, thank you for inviting me uh, for inviting me on your program. I've really enjoyed our conversation. You ask good questions and you have... I think really helpful insights. So I, I really appreciated that. And uh, I hope to have an opportunity to talk with you again sometime. All right. Looking forward to it. Until next time, tune in and tune up in spirit. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition 
and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.